In Memoirs of a Future Ghost, Heather Dobson probes her fears while seeking out the paranormal, sharing the true, often freaky and or funny, sometimes sad tales over a decade investigating ghosts and the people haunted by them. Through extraordinary occurrences in the everyday, she weaves a logical tale that death is nothing to be feared, that an afterlife exists, and though just like in life, there's a bad egg that gets all the press, more ghosts just miss their homes, people, and lives, and want to stay as close as they can. Memoirs of a Future Ghost is a love letter to the legitimacy of science, the joys of life, and the truth within the mystery of an afterlife ahead of us all. Available through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound.org, and AFutureGhost.com. What has red eyes, makes weird noises, and radiates a foul odor? If you guessed a hungover Dave, you're right. But it's also how a group of eyewitnesses describe the Flatwoods Monster. In 1952, multiple witnesses across rural West Virginia all claimed to have seen something flying through the sky, beaming a red light, and crashing into the nearby woods. Today, we'll take a look at their experience and also discuss investigations done by state troopers, the U.S. Air Force, and the National Guard. We'll also discuss how this incident is connected to Project Blue Book. Was it a meteor? Was it a plane crash? Or is there really an entity living in Flatwoods, West Virginia, yet to be fully discovered? Let's talk about it. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought the Flatwoods Monster was another college nickname for Mike's cock, stick around. We're headed deep into the hills of West Virginia to find out. This is Necronomapod. These kids were playing uh, just before sundown, uh, down on this field at the bottom of the village. And one of the kids looked up, and one of the little ones, uh, I differentiate between kids and young people. Uh, say kids, the five, six, seven-year-olds, and the young people above that, you see. But one of the kids looked up, and he said, uh, in so many words, what on earth is that? And they all looked around, and round, round the edge of a hill, uh, behind the village, the north of the village, uh, but lower than the peak of that hill, or the one opposite, it came a, a pear-shaped, glowing red object which was pulsing from cherry red to bright orange, according to all the witnesses. It was traveling blunt end first. All right, so uh, we're back to, what, L. Ron Hubbard, and we're going to mm-hmm. get audited. And, Scientology number five? Yeah, so is that what, we're, is that what we're talking about today? or uh, Technically, it would be a part six. A right? part six? I'm sorry, you're right. <laughs> is that what we're doing today? Or? No, we are um, not. Quick shout out to Tony, Tony Ortega, though, who did do a, uh, a whole interview with you for mm-hmm. one of those breaks there in the uh, middle of Scientology. Yeah, it was super fun. Yeah, I don't think we gave him enough no, uh, great, kudos on great, the last great, episode. Great, so great shout interview. out to Tony Ortega and um, go back and check out that episode in the archive. Ian did an awesome interview with him. As a little break from our four-week bit on Scientology. So we're not on Scientology anymore. We finished. I love it. Put a bow on that. Moving on to some uh, some real stuff tonight. Yeah. Some, <laughs> a serious <laughs> issue. <Cryptids>, maybe. <laughs> I mean, if we're going to compare straight up, straight up, is it that different? The the beliefs in Scientology and Flatwoods? If we're looking straight up, information, information. <laughs> I would. Uh, if we're going to compare Xenu to the Flatwoods monster, 
I would put more stock in the Flatwoods Monster. <laughs> I 100% agree. <laughs> I will say that I named my Roomba uh, uh, Xenu. Does it respond to you? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. It's like oh. you hook it into your Wi-Fi in the app, and it, if it gets stuck or something, it says Xenu is trapped under your chair or something. <laughs> really? Because I call my Roomba my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure your wife will love that joke. It's yeah. great. Oh boy, <laughs> get me in trouble. Forget that. Ian, use your judgment listens. on that one. You might want to cut that one. <laughs> you know, unless you want me spending the night over here a couple nights next week. You'll be over here Saturday. You can stay the night after the fights. A big fight Saturday night. Yeah, it'll be fun. Well, this episode actually came out after, so never mind. Hopefully the fights were good. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed those UFC fights last night. Man, those were fucking awesome. <laughs> we got drunk and watched them. But anyways, we've had a good parts, uh, good four parts on Scientology. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Go back and check it out if you haven't listened to those. Um, we had some good help from CastBox that actually gave us uh, quite a few weeks on their um website on their uh on the banner called? page on the, on the banner yeah. page yeah, yeah. so we're up there with uh kate hudson and dr phil and fucking mm. joe rogan we're oh. no slouches that's where we belong <laughs> if, if you're gonna put a mount rushmore of um podcasts kate hudson joe rogan dr phil and then our fucking three faces <laughs> right well rogan maybe i don't know about kate hudson's podcast and isn't that good I haven't listened to it. I would not listen. I have no idea. Wow. I don't know about Mount Rushmore, though. Well, I'm just saying, according to CastBox, we're up there. Either way, it was a big week for us. It was good. So, And I mean, I'll take Dr. I like Dr. Phil, actually. My opinion of him changed after I listened to him on uh, Joe Rogan. Yeah? Yeah, he was pretty cool. Hmm. Joe Rogan can get the best out of anybody, though. That's true. Yeah. Was the Cash Me Outside girl the best uh, Dr. Phil guest ever? (sighs) Might be. Yeah. She might be. I mean, the big, the most, uh, what, like, um, how about that? Socially trending, at least. Or she went viral more than anybody else, probably. I think she's a rapper now. I know she got like a big makeup deal and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, what, 14, 15 years old? God damn, yeah. pal. She turned that shit into something. Son of a bitch. Um, so, real quick before we get started, uh, if you are not a Patreon, patreon.com slash Necronomapod. As of last week, we started a $1 feature. Just if you want to help out the show, help support us a little bit, you will also get a shout out on the show. Uh, if you are inclined to get the bonus episodes, that would be the $5 feature. We just released this past Thursday a trivia game show with a couple patrons uh, squaring off against me in trivia. Did not go great, but you can go ahead and listen to that if you're a patron or subscribe and uh, listen. We got a bunch of good Patreon episodes available for you. Wait, did not go great as as far as putting on a show or did not go great as far as you squaring off against patrons? Yeah, I got fucking bent over and broken <laughs> two straight games. <laughs> Clearly, I did not do my homework and I did not know uh, what the hell I was doing. Um, congratulations to uh, Dustin and Whitney. They both... Uh, Smoked your ass. Smoked my ass, yeah. But good for them. We'll do that again in the future, and I'm going to study harder next time and you know, yeah. do better. Ian, what do we got today? Tonight we are going to do the Flatwoods Monster. And this one is really interesting because I went into this thinking cryptid, and quickly I found out that this is more of an alien story. I think I would agree. And it actually has a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of weight to it at the end that we'll we'll get into. 
like I said in the opening, it's not a college nickname for Mike's cock, correct? Right. This is this one is not. No. So it has some, was, some weight I've been, to it. I've been, <laughs> I've been called many things. Flat is not one of them. Hashtag blue chew. Do you mean because if it was, it would have no weight to it? Is that what you were trying to imply, Ian? Yes. <laughs> not going to answer that question. All right. Let's get All started. Right. So located in Braxton County, West Virginia, is the town of Flatwoods, which has a population of only 270 people. So it is uh, it is a small town. And coincidentally, it's only about 120 miles from uh, Point Pleasant, where the mm. Mothman was, uh, took place. We will get into that in the theories. Boom. But it is known worldwide for an encounter with an entity known as the Flatwoods Monster, and it's also known as the Frametown Monster and the Green-Eyed Monster. Mm. And, you know, with the worldwide stuff, I didn't realize it is, like, huge over in Japan. They fucking love this thing. Really? Flatwoods Monster? Yeah. Really? They love, they have, like, all kind of merch and stuff. It's crazy. (laughs) No shit. Yeah, they love it. Why is that? I have no idea. I feel like Japan just like they attach on to certain things and well, don't they love kind of like American pop culture to an extent, right? Yeah. So that and used panty uh, vending machines. Well, they do love their yeah. used panty vending machines. I want to go to Japan so bad, <laughs> not for the used panty machines, but <laughs> I, well, I don't believe you. Yeah. <laughs> Send us back a pair, Pally. Dave, you're going, aren't you? I'm going uh, 2021 to Japan. Yes, well, he'll send you some used panties, Ian. <laughs> It sounds like a plan. Fresh out of a machine, fresh off of a woman. I'm going to buy them wholesale and bring them back. <laughs> we could sell them here. There you go. So the encounter started around 7.15 p.m. on the evening of September 12, 1952. Brothers Fred and Edward May, aged 11 and 13, their friend Tommy Heyer, aged 10, and two unnamed boys were playing football at the Flatwoods School Playground. When they caught the sight of a glowing red pear-shaped object with a fiery tail traveling blunt end first through the air, it flew over their heads and stopped in the air before descending on the nearby farm of Mr. Bailey Fisher. The May boys ran to their mother, Kathleen May, to tell her what they had seen. So this was their sister? Their mother. Oh, so it was their sister? Uh, <laughs> West Virginia Joe. Sorry, sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> the uh dave's cracking himself up over there. Yeah, no. <laughs> he really popped himself with that one ian's like fuck you dude let me get through this story at least we're not talking about fucking xenu right it, at least it's something new to this week so the object didn't appear to have crashed but the boy's first thought was that it was a meteor which could have been valuable and so they wanted to go check it out. And I watched the documentary that came out last year, and that's what they said. The one was like, it's the two brothers, the Fred, Fred and Edward May. That's what the one was like. Yeah, we thought there could be gold on it or something. We're like, oh shit, let's go. You know, I'd be so, running up there too. Hell yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and it was early in the age of UFOs, so maybe not like today. I think maybe your first thoughts a ufo but maybe back then yeah it's not your first thought maybe a meteor is the first thing you think of right yeah so kathleen stepped outside and could see off in the distance on the bailey farm a pulsing red light so with the assistance of eugene lemon age 17 who was a member of the national guard and his dog which the dog is described as like a shepherd mix i guess pretty a big dog okay she agreed to take the boys to go see what it was 
and the way I pictured it or, or from reading things and, and watching the documentary was it sounded like just a group of fired up kids ro- showed up there like ready to go. And it sounded like she was like, fuck, fine, fine. whatever. We'll shut go. up. We'll, yeah. we'll, I'll take you. Which well, I probably, there's, and there's 270 people in the town. So what the fuck else do you have to do that <laughs> night, right? Right, exactly. Well, the 2000, I don't know how many people are, are, were there then. 270 is what's there now. Oh. Today. Now. <laughs> we're talking about in the 50s. Well, it's maybe it was 500,000 back then and was, this monster drove them all out. Well, or it could have been 12. <laughs> and they were all related. <laughs> Go talk to your mother, brother. Go have dinner. Go wash up. <laughs> Your mother, brother. <laughs> so, in addition, the group also added 14-year-old Neil Nunley and two 10-year-old boys, Ronnie Schaefer and Teddy Neal, who had also seen the red object, and they wanted to see what it was. Eugene Lemon led the group by flashlight, taking them up a steep hill into a wooded area. After beginning the climb, the group noticed a warm fog-like mist and this really like sickening sulfur-like odor that burned their eyes and noses. At least one of the witnesses also heard a mechanical whining sound. As they got closer to the landing site around 8 p.m., Eugene's dog stopped and growled and then ran into the mist. And then a few minutes later, the group heard it barking aggressively before it came running back. So this dog went in there and then it's like, fuck that. Well, which is different. You know, most movies, the dog runs in and then you hear, (laughs) and you don't don't hear anymore. At least this time a dog came back, right? That's true. Like Rambo when they sent the dogs in there and he fucking slit their throats and dogs like, (laughs) Jesus, man. (laughs) Fucking brutal. I always think of the first Halloween. I think it's the first Halloween. Oh, yeah. Like Mars strangles the dog. Yeah. Like you just see the legs. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, not oh, the, uh, that's the fucked up part. The killing the dog in Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> I think we can all agree that's the worst part. Not the teen girls, the dog. Well, never mind. It's going to go down a different road there. So the group continued through a wooden gate and up the hill to the landing site. The younger boys stayed at the gate with Eugene Lemon's dog, who refused to go any further. The five that continued experienced more of this, uh, more of a concentrated form of the mist and in, in that sulfur smell. And Kathleen May heard a hissing sound that she described as it sounded like uh, frying food. I think I saw it too that she said it sounded like bacon frying. Mm. So sizzling. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of odd. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Well, it's not something you expect to hear out in the woods, right? Right. Yeah, right, right, exactly. While approaching something and with the horrific smell. and Right. Yeah. Getting to the area, the group saw a large, rounded black object about 50 feet away in a gully to their right. The ball was over 20 feet wide, and the entire thing was glowing from within. And they said it was pulsating between a cherry red and a pale orange. As the group continued to get closer, Eugene Lemon noticed what he thought were the eyes of a raccoon sitting in a tree to the left of the object and shined his his flashlight in the direction. In the beam of light was a dark, metallic, quote-unquote, monster that was standing 7 to 12 feet tall and was hovering a few feet above the ground. And it seemed like when the flashlight went on, it seemed like it turned on, like it came alive when they mm. when the flashlight. So hit it was kind of dormant until it noticed somebody was there. Yeah, 
its face was lit red from behind, and its eyes were like portholes that passed beams of yellow light. Its head, which the witnesses assumed was a helmet, was shaped like the ace of spades. Though some disagreed on the appearance of the entity's body, Kathleen May described it as being pleated like a skirt, and that there were thin arms protruding from the shoulders with, quote, clawed-like toy hands. So that's God, a, like little damn. raptor arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take my strong hand. <laughs> the bottom sounds like Hellraiser, right? Like the little, like the skirts that the Hellraiser Cenobites yeah. would wear. This but is like, like Mothman no meets Hellraiser yeah. meets like Ace of Spades yeah. type alien figure. And this is what? Because what the, the ten, Mothman had like those red eyes, right? Allegedly. Yeah. But the yeah. And this was almost 20 years, you know, 17 years before Mothman. Yeah. I got my Mothman koozie tonight that Dave got me from the. Uh, oh, nice. See? Uh, Mothman Museum, Point yeah. Pleasant, West Virginia. Check it out. Cheap plug. It's pretty they cool. Are, they are not a paid advertiser. Much like Blue Chew. <laughs> Not a paid advertiser, but highly recommended. She said it, it had like the skirt thing, but one of the May boys said, because he was pretty close to it, he said it was like tubes running down it, like these metal tubes. Like he, he's, his opinion of it was that it was not a real entity. Like it was some type of a machine. More mechanical. Right. Like there was something inside of it is how he described it. Like it was mm. almost like an armor of some sort or, or some, some type of a machine. Like we said, it, it came alive when the flashlight hit it and it started to glide forward in the group's direction, still hovering off the ground. A thumping sound came from inside the creature's body and it began to glow red in the face and green in the body. That was not me hungover, as <laughs> Dickhead Mike alluded to in the opening. I've seen you hungover, man. It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. It then emitted a shrill hissing sound and released more of this uh, this thick mist. Literally, and- when I asked Dave, "Hey, would you like some food? Like, I'm we're hungover. Would you want something?" I just heard this like hissing, shrill sound, <laughs> and then this odor, and I was like, "Okay, fine. I'll just bring you like a double cheeseburger. Just leave me alone. Please don't eat me." <laughs> Where's this hostility coming from? Saying it's not pleasant. <laughs> It passed right in front of the closest three witnesses, and Kathleen May claimed it spit out an oily substance. <laughs> yep. She's like, I told you, old Billy Bob, even the aliens don't swallow. They spit. Is that country, Dave? <laughs> country That's Dave. West Virginia, Dave. Oh, okay. I like West Virginia, Dave. I ain't swallowing all your jizz, Billy Bob. <laughs> We got to set Country Dave up on a, on a Flatwoods drink Monster day. don't swallow nothing. He spits it out. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey. So, so everyone, everyone took off and you know freaked out, ran away. But this this entity, this thing, didn't chase them. Instead, it turned around and went back towards the pulsating red object. I got a pulsating red object right here before you. <laughs> Sorry, go this ahead. Is, is this is what happens when you guys do Power Hour before you come over. Yep. <laughs> you can go right ahead. Just Mike and his sh- fucking dog cock <laughs> over there. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> power Hour dog cock. Don't knock it. I can't contain it. myself. <laughs> I promise I won't interrupt anymore. Go ahead. 
so regardless that it turned around, they still they took off back to their homes and never saw the entity or the the craft again, the red object. So it, this was a quick uh, a quick sighting of this thing. It doesn't sound like you know they wanted to do them any harm or, or you know had any malicious. There was no evidence thoughts. of that, right? Was Anish- it was it possibly their Thetan trying to get back into their body? No. Okay. You can't see Thetan. Oh, you're right. Shut Just down. Sure. Shut down. <laughs> I still have Scientology on the brain. <laughs> so they they all claim they saw something. They all agree on the fact that it was really tall. It had like the ace the creature. Of, the creature. Right. That it had the ace of spades helmet in that they uh, Kathleen May said it was like its face was bright red and it had yellow eyes. But the the two May boys that were closest to it said no. That was like a it was like a helmet. There was something inside of it. Like those weren't eyes. There was something inside of this thing. And people see things different ways. So I, you know, eyewitness right. accounts don't always line up like that. Right. That makes sense. And this was a quick, uh, pr- a pretty quick. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're out there for a few seconds. Yeah. You're like, startled, of course. Sure. Well, that's what I'm. Tr- I'm trying to make sense of like realistically what might they have seen that they misinterpreted maybe as something well we'll we'll get into what the air force decided to say it was towards the end what they told us the answer was (laughs) yeah what they said it was right see uh, uh, here's what it was see here a point i would make is that if all these people decide to get together and come up with this as a hoax i think all their descriptions would be exactly the same Right. The fact that they vary, as witness accounts often do, I think Lee lends more credence that they actually saw something. Right. I mean, I 100% think they saw something. That's why I'm just trying to figure out what what they saw, what might have led them to think that they had this ace of spades, you know, head or a yeah. helmet like the May brother said or, you know. If you take it at face value as w- what we've gone over so far, it would lead you to think that ufo crashed and here's this thing in its i mean i guess maybe astronaut outfit and it's was like oh i see these people sure here i'm gonna shoot whatever this substance is at them scare them and then it turned around and went back to its compared to what we what we've studied and talked about up to this point though this is like a new description isn't it? it? Yeah, this is completely different than so all your classic. So this doesn't look like uh, the Betty and Barney Hills or... Unless it was a little thing inside there. The, but it still looked different than what they saw, right? Yeah. And and, and well, this was different than Roswell looking or, you know, not to debunk it. I'm just saying this was different than anything else we had discussed in the past yeah. that, had, that had been UFOs or encounters. And it was also prior to all the future, you know, Betty Hill... And future sightings. Yeah, this was, is like, what, what, this was after uh, Roswell, wasn't it? Yeah, five years after Roswell. Okay, and Roswell claimed at some point little people. Yeah, but Roswell didn't have didn't get like um, famous until years and years later. Okay, when Stanton Friedman tracked everybody down. That's your boy, right? Yeah. Stanton Friedman, you like him? Who's the dude we don't like? Uh, Philip Class. Philip Class, the debunker. Yeah. So when they got back to town, it's reported that everyone in the group experienced nausea, irritation of their nasal cavities, um, severe swelling in their throats after inhaling this mist. 
Eugene Lemon had multiple convulsions and went into like just like violent fits of vomiting. Some of the children could hardly swallow water, and Kathleen May had to take her boys to the doctor. The doctor who treated them claimed that their symptoms were similar to those by victims of mustard gas. That's interesting. Well, it's worth noting with this that in that documentary that came out last year, the May brothers said this is absolutely not true. That's also interesting. Yeah, they both said (laughs) that this is like, uh, with all the reporting of it and everything, it turned into like this... um, this like folk thing, you know, like this whole urban legend type sure. thing, but oh, bat boy type situation. Yeah. Yeah. But they said, this is absolutely <laughs> not true at all that they, they saw it, they ran home, they were scared. And that's, that's the one thing that leads me, uh, gives credibility to them is they were both this documentary, as far as I know, is the first time that they've talked about it publicly in their adult lives. And they're pretty old at this point. And they were both like, we would prefer that it never even happened to be honest. Sure. You know, they were like, so if we saw made, it, it they like, made no money. They didn't try to like capitalize. No, they just wanted it to go away. Well, mm-hmm. and just because some reporter embellished the, you know, what took place afterwards doesn't necessarily discount yeah. the, the original sure. story. Right. right. Oh, I agree. It sounded like if they would have seen this as an adult, they probably would have never said a word about it and just, you know, that would have been that. Would you, if, if you saw this sort of thing, would you? I don't think I would say anything. No, I would keep it to myself. I would probably. too. I don't know how I would react. I absolutely I really would. don't know. I, like, I wouldn't report it to the authorities. You mean like MUFON? <laughs> you wouldn't report it to I, MUFON? Yeah, and I think to this or time. I, I just don't see any upside to that. At this time, too, it's a little different with like the Cold War going on. Everyone's like real freaked out about True. about yeah. everything going on. So they're, you know, going to be called the communist. Yeah. You'd be called the communist, probably. I mean, for real, you probably would be. If you didn't report it? If you did, even. Like, if you said, I saw the, such and such, but no one else saw it, hmm. they're going to be like, oh, this guy's communist. Maybe even if you didn't and then got called out for it later, yeah. you might be. It was a weird time. Yeah, it was a yeah. real weird time. So immediately upon re- returning home at 845, Kathleen May called the sheriff, Robert Carr, who was really strange was occupied in a search for a reported plane crash about 11 miles away. But the state troopers sent photojournalist a Lee Stewart jr. To the scene. So that's kind of fucking weird. Well, was there an actual plane crash or is he looking for this crash, but has the wrong coordinates? It almost sounded like he was looking for this, but had the wrong coordinates, mm. which is really weird. You know what I mean? That lends more miles. Sure. But then it lends more credibility to the story that he's already out looking for something that's yeah. crashed that was called in by somebody else. It's just a that's, weird... That's an odd coincidence. Yeah. It is. So there was no reported or confirmed plane crashes that night? No. Yeah, that that's strange. Stewart arrived around 9 p.m. that night and convinced Eugene Lemon to take him back to the site. There he smelled a, quote, sickening odor, and the two found long tracks in the tall grass over a foot wide and 12 feet apart leading from the hill down to the valley where the glowing object was seen. Stewart noticed a dark, oily substance on the ground while walking through these tracks. He then interviewed all seven boys on tape and then got drawings from them of what they saw. And they all pretty much drew the same thing, just this long body, circle head, ace of spades. The drawings are cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's super cool. Stewart also I like Ian's version the best. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was fun. We're gonna post that one too for the record. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun to draw. 
Stewart also started to gather other witnesses in the area for accounts. A farmer that had an adjacent view to the Bailey farm reported that he saw a red light in the same areas where the, the monster was seen and, and everything was going on. And he thought it initially, he thought it was a fire. When he got his binoculars to look closer before calling it in, he said that this thing just like kind of dimmed out and it was gone. And that was it. Hmm. Another witness named Bailey Frain also reported seeing a red object hovering around the treetops where the monster was seen. And she said it shot off in the direction of Sutton, West Virginia, who also had UFO reports called into their police station that night. And there's an airport there in Sutton, West Virginia, and they were had UFO reports. So this whole like little area is like lighting up with UFO reports. So everyone night. saw it. Yeah. Or saw multiple things, even. Right. John Keel, who we remember from our Mothman episode. Obviously. You yeah. remember him. Do you? Of course. <laughs> the hero. So, was he at the Washington Post at, the, at this time? Because I'm not sure. I mean, he so was what, he what, was ready to go. I mean, he's... Well, he was a Post reporter at the Mothman at the was time Was he the, the one that was like the and Men in Black came to him? He gave us the first look at what the Men in Black were like. Because they came to him. Well, they were all over Point Pleasant, remember? Yes. They were like, I just picture them walking around like <laughs> trick-or-treating, like going to all those houses. That's were, how I think of them in my head. And they were always bugging uh, Mary Hire yes. about what, what John Keel was up to. And she and gave being, them no shit. Yeah, like she, she was, didn't give a fuck. Yeah. She, Mary Hire was a hard ass. Yeah. Well, I, I visited you know, Point Pleasant last, yeah. last summer. I went to the Mothman Museum, and I was just standing on the street you know, trying to envision these... The men in black walking around town and what it must have been like back in the 60s. Being super creepy. Yeah. It's not the fun men in black like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. No, it's super awkward where they, the one clicking the pen, like he never, he didn't know what it was, didn't know what it, you know, just <laughs> never saw something like it before. And what the guy didn't know how to eat a steak. Yeah. What, what was he doing with the steak? Like he was looking at other people or what did we say? He Trying was to figure doing? out how to cut it. He was just started <laughs> laughing at it. Yeah. That's so creepy. They they creep me the fuck out. Yeah, that, if it. that's real, that's fucking way creepy. Can you imagine being like at like a fucking Morton's or like a Ruth's Chris like steakhouse? You look over and like the guy next to you is laughing at a steak, like looking like he doesn't know what the fuck to yeah. do with it. That's creepy as shit. Mm, yeah, we or gotta like, do an episode on the Men in Black, man. Just, we already did. No, no, like oh, just straight, strictly. Yeah, we gotta do Albert Bender because he birthed yeah. that whole idea, and then we'll throw in some. Men in Black stories in there too. That works for me. Yeah, that, that that is literally the one and only paranormal thing that actually makes me uncomfortable to See? think about. That's why we gotta do it. It's creepy. Let's push the limits. Extremely creepy. The unsolved mysteries about the Men in Black is really fucking creepy too. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, but don't it's watch so that until we do the episode. Like the dude that came into the party with the. The radio that or the tape recorder with the microphone, he couldn't figure out how to turn it on, so yep. he just said "fuck it" and just started talking to people <laughs> like it was on. Like, what is happening it's right really, now? It's very strange. It's like the definition of high strangeness. Weird. So John Keel from Mothman, he reported that early on the morning of September thirteenth, nineteen fifty-two. So we're talking probably like five to six hours after the the initial sighting. A young couple who requested to stay anonymous had a similar encounter about 20 miles away in Frametown, West Virginia. 
According to the couple, they were driving through a wooded area when their car engine stalled. The husband got out of the car to check the engine while his wife stayed inside, and he noticed a weird light coming from the woods. Curious, he walked towards the woods to see what it was, but was hit with this burning sulfur smell, and he decided to go back to the car. Unlike the the group of the kids, they all kept walking forward. Right. This guy's like, hey, you know what, maybe I'm not going to... Not going to go any further. Why did he just call an Uber to go back to town? Uh, the That'd 1952 Uber. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Let me go walk into the woods and see what this burning sulfur is. <laughs> Once back in the car, the husband watched with his wife as what they described was a 7 to 10 foot tall entity hover out of the woods. They said the bottom half of this entity was, quote, bucket-shaped metal devices and the top half was exposed the exposed part was like a reptilian humanoid that had these long arms with claw-like hands it's the same description it's like very close it's almost like this fucking thing took off part of its outfit like he had the the the, the 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 ace of spades helmet he pulled off yeah yeah like he took half of his shit, shit off but still had the bottom part on it's really creepy the being hovered around their car looking inside for a few minutes. So it was just like looking in the windows and then it just turned around and hovered back into the woods. So that gives you like the same kind of vibe as before. It's not there to hurt anybody. It's just kind of curious curious and was checking out like, Oh, what's this? And also you're shitting your pants at this point. Clearly. Oh, absolutely. If you saw the, I will post a picture of the drawings of this account. It is fucking terrifying. It is literally like, A, what you would consider a reptilian like the, a big fucking lizard yeah looking in like almost like a dragon with you know like a human so if this thing dragon. came out of the woods and came towards your car yeah you're gonna be shitting yourself at and, the same time i i really want to see something like this yeah, yeah. i would be torn like i'm like, shitting well, I'm my pants but distance. i really want to see this though i want to see this i want to know that this exists in the world right yeah i would uh i, I would love it yeah. But I would be fucking terrified. Yeah, exactly right. You know, would you rather see a UFO or this? I would rather see this. I want to see something. Really? That this like, is more proof than God a UFO. Yeah. I want to see something that just like flips my whole fucking worldview. Yeah. What do you mean, Dave? This is more proof than a UFO. Well, it's clearly not human. So it obviously had to be in a UFO to get to this planet. So if you're seeing this, so you're you're already you proving UFO, the UFO. If you're seeing a UFO, you're saying that could be argued against. Yeah, it if could be a weather this. balloon, you know, the Air Force argument. Sure. You see this, it's clearly not of yeah. this earth, so you're already proving the UFO aspect mm-hmm. of it. Like, do you guys remember about like eight years ago when there was all those UFO sightings on Lake Erie out there by Euclid that were on the news? Yeah. I feel like you read, read, read those articles more than I do. <laughs> well, I, 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 dro- I drove out there the one night because it, it kept happening, so I'm like, I'm going out. I'm going to see this fucking UFO yeah. or whatever's happening out here. And I sat, and it was really strange. It was these two red lights, and they were kind of like moving around. But I'm like, the NASA plants right over there. Mm-hmm. It could have easily been some kind of drone or something. That's what I mean. Like, I want to see something that really blows my right. fucking mind, like this yeah. fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. I you completely say agree. Seven foot tall reptilian thing <laughs> yeah. come out of the woods. The guy don't like, the guy well, don't live on this planet, so he obviously <laughs> took a UFO on his trip here. So I'm proving both at the same point. <laughs> That's not a fucking red light. That's a fucking seven foot tall lizard coming at me right now. Right. I get it. Kind of like the injured cold story. They called the police 
and it filtered through and the Air Force was contacted. The U.S. Air Force contacted the commander of the West Virginia National Guard, Captain Dale Levitt, who was already in Braxton County helping search for that plane crash that we talked about earlier. So that's even more strange that this guy was already there looking for something. A plane crash that might not have actually happened. That could have more than likely been this whole incident. Maybe men in black were throwing him off the case. But there is no record of a plane crash, Mm -mm. which there would have been. But there is a record of a meteor hitting that night, though. But is there? I believe there is. Meteors in the area, yeah. Yeah. That wasn't just thrown out there by the government. There's legit meteors. From what I read, there was a confirmed meteor that hit that night. Okay. I saw. I don't. I didn't see the confirmed. So I mean that I, you know, if. But I know that there was like there meteor was reports showers of meteor stuff, showers. You know? mm-hmm. So they contact this Dale Levitt guy who was already in the area and asked him to go out and inspect the scene. Levitt said that he arrived on the hill with fifty or sixty men around one thirty a.m. and took samples of the dirt, leaves, wood. And an oily substance, like, and he described it as graphite grease, where this this entity was seen. That's a lot of people. Yeah. Like, if that happened today, do you think you'd get the National Guard and sixty people out there? They were hyped at this time, and that's. Yeah. And we're gonna get into Project Blue Book in a minute, but this is the year that Project Blue Book started in in 1952. So they were, I mean, they were all over this shit. He also found a 20-foot circle of depressed grass where the boys had seen the glowing object. Which is exactly how why they described it. Right. An article in the Charleston Gazette in October 1954 revealed that Levitt found at least one metallic fragment and alleged that curious locals, that because locals were coming up at this point too. Like everybody was up oh, there. Oh, sure, yeah. It's exciting. Nothing else going on down there. That they found black um plastic like materials levitt sent the samples to the air force for analysis like he was requested to but he was he never heard personally heard back about what any of it was he just did mm-hmm. his job and and that was that because why would they get back to him yeah i mean they're, they're not, not yeah they're not gonna right so we, we know that this is real the air force did contact dale levitt to check it out and send back samples because years later when project blue book was declassified the Flatwoods monster case was something that they investigated. So Project Blue Book, is was that Mike's college plan to call every girl in the book to get rid of his blue balls? It's <laughs> 100% correct. I like the thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you watching on video demand, that's a thumbs up. <laughs> Project, Project Blue Book, which we first talked about in what episode? Uh, we've talked about I think in every alien one so far. Probably Roswell going way back. Roswell for sure. Available in the the archives. Roswell MK Ultra. Well, in the big one, we talked about it on Betty and Dreesen because we because yeah, Jalen Hynek is he's the guy, you know, and we talked about him. If anybody wants like a detailed thing that hasn't listened to that episode yet, go back and listen to that one because we really get into Hynek. But Betty and Barney Hill. Is that what you said for that one? Betty Andreessen. Oh, Betty Andreessen. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, we, talk, we, talked, about Blue, we talked about Blue Book on... Several. Um, yeah, Several. On that one, too. But Betty Andreessen, underrated episode, one we don't talk about very much, available in the archives. Yeah. And, I mean, in, in Alan, Jalen Hynek's involved in this one a lot. And, I mean, the History Channel just did their Project Blue Book series where they yeah, have... So, uh, yeah. I haven't watched it. Is it good? It's all right. It's a little... 
they may like J. Allen Hynek in real life is like the driest scientist on the face of the earth, but they have him uh Littlefinger from Game of Thrones plays him. Okay. All right. In uh yeah, they make him like this old school Fox Mulder almost. Okay. Which I mean it's cool, but it's not not real, obviously. It's right. that's not accurate. But I mean he, he was the guy I mean, he was on Project Sign, started in nineteen forty seven. And then it flipped to Project Grudge in 1949, and then it flipped to Blue Book in 1952. And he was the dude. He was there from the beginning, and he was brought in to debunk all this shit. And like we know, we talked about in Betty and Dreesen, somewhere along the line, he flipped and believed in this shit. And then it went as far yeah. as to start believing that, or put forth theories that this is all interdimensional, that this is not from other planets. It's actually like right on top of us. Which is what you believe. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there's I think there's way more evidence of that than there is of something coming from another planet. Yeah. I don't want to interrupt, but Mike, how did Project Blue Book in college, did it work out for you? Of course it did. Yeah. Worked out very well for me. Just, you know, word spread and they were like, oh, this guy, he must be onto something. And, you know, ever since then, Blue Chew was born and they were like, <laughs> we're going to base it off this guy's cock. <laughs> if, if we can create a pill... That can create the hardness of this guy. We're onto something, and then Blue Chew was born. You're the model for Blue Chew. Is yeah. what you're saying? If you look at their website, it's me. <laughs> I don't know what their website shows, but it's probably me. It's probably me. Their about us section has a whole story about you. <laughs> we wanted to model it after a steel rod, but <laughs> this guy's cock was way better. Exactly. <laughs> Asked and answered. Blue Chew, an unofficial non-paid spokesman of Necronomapod. He dropped his nose. He dropped his notes. He's laughing so hard over there. They've dropped his notes. All right. And where were we? I feel like this power hour is like a, like a much needed uh, break from Scientology. <laughs> Spend five weeks on that shit. Now just do a power hour and talk about some aliens. <laughs> I think you're right. (laughs) So Blue Book dismissed all of the UFO reports. Like we said, they were that's the whole point of this was just to debunk things. So they dismissed everything as the the meteor shower, as well as what Kathleen May and the boys saw as a landed meteor. Kind of strange, you would think, if it was a meteor landed, that this Levitt guy would have found it and not just a depression in the grass. You you would think where to go in between. (laughs) Sure, kind of strange. and as far as the monster itself, Blue Book said that they just saw an owl and got scared. That was the official answer from Project Blue Book. Specifically a barn owl, which they say looks different and has short or, you know, talons that it brings out that resemble those those short raptor arms like yeah. in the description. So how big is a barn owl, though? It's not seven feet tall. No, no, no it's not. <laughs> like at it, the biggest, what is it? Two, three feet. I think they maybe? get pretty big, like three, three, maybe four. Which is still fucking terrifying. Yeah, it's a big ass bird. Well, I think they're 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 saying like it's flying at you. You're confused. It, yeah. you know shadows. I mean, that's what they said. Moth. That's what everybody that debunks or tries to debunk Mothman says it was just an sure. owl, or it was the crane. I, mean, I don't know. Based on all the sketches I've seen, it, it's hard to believe it's an owl. I think that. Watching that documentary changed my mind a lot. Listening to those two, the two May brothers talk, mm-hmm. they're not backwoods 
they're really just normal guys. It's not the guys from Wrong Turn. <laughs> no, they're really <laughs> <Good> just <movie. laughs> like average, well dressed, older guys, well spoken. I feel like it's like an insult to their intelligence to say it was that an they owl. They saw it all, right? Yeah. So like we saw what we saw. It, you know, right. it wasn't a fucking owl. And what's really mm. interesting because it sounds like this sounds fucking crazy. Really, I mean, it sounds like something out of a sci- science fiction movie. But this is one that bothered uh, Jalen Hynek. This was one that he was like, "I want there's something to this." And the Air Force said, "Nah, it's an owl." <laughs> kind of Air Force like, "Nope, it's an owl. You're wrong." Yeah. End of story. So I did some um I did some extra research on this. Hold on. I gotta get my phone. I gotta find this guy this one guy's name. He wrote this book. We're off the script at this point. Yeah, this is one of those rare times that I didn't write I didn't type anything down because I uh if there's one thing I can just talk about, it's aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to believe this story. I don't I don't think there's evidence to refute it. Like you said, where where's the if it was a meteor, where's the fucking meteor? <laughs> like that guy's no a one pulled the meteor out of there, right? Yeah, which is weird. Could it have been shrapnel though? Shrapnel of what? Of the meteor, like maybe if something that broke off. But then where did the parts? But where did it go? Somebody would have found the meteor. But just small parts of it, not the full meteor. I like mean, you guys said up? there was meteor showers that at this time. But what caused the twenty foot depression though? If if the meteor broke up in the atmosphere, there would be small parts, but it wouldn't have made a twenty foot, twenty foot wide depression in the grass. I guess. And the other thing I forgot to I, I forgot to mention was that it the treetops were broken too. Yeah, right. And right. Blue Book does acknowledge that that the treetops were all broke. So it passed through the tree. Yeah, something. Something did. But then there was just no meteor there for that. So Dale we Levitt believe kind of we believe meteor up until. We can't prove that there's the depression right. in the ground. Okay. It's it's it's, it's just strange. questionable. There's this guy that wrote this book, Ben Medsrich. He also wrote the uh the Facebook book that got turned into a movie. And he wrote some other book that was like super popular, but then whatever for whatever reason this guy just branched off into UFOs. What's so, Facebook? The book? social network? Like yeah, the yeah. one they made the movie out of? Yeah. Okay. So this guy and he had some other book that was like big time on the on the top uh, charts but so for whatever reason he branched off and and wanted to write a book about ufos what he found was on the 37th parallel going around the planet almost all ufo sightings cow mutilations like bigfoot sightings all kind of weird shit happens on this 37th parallel like the majority of paranormal Mm. things happen there so then we're talking about like magnets, like it, that's what it's kind of attributed is like because the magnetism is is weird on that parallel. Kick it up to Alan Hynek, he said that it's like this interdimensional thing. Go to John Keel, he always believed in window areas. That's what he said. Was that the, the, there's something about certain places in the world where there's window areas that these things slip through, like Mothman. The Men in Black. They're, or the Skinwalker Ranch portal. Exactly. Like these things slip through. Bigelow bought the ranch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Daylight and a dollar short, my friend. I'm sure I'm not the only one that's ever thought to look at this or do it, but I couldn't find anything specifically. So I found the most recent magnetism, uh, magnetic anomalies map of West Virginia. And then I took where Point Pleasant is. Well, I took where Braxton County is first, and I put it over 
Braxton, the the majority of the state is pretty green, a little bit of yellow, but then like the whole bottom half is blue. So there's like nothing going on. Right through Braxton County is pretty orange. So it's get it's higher through there. But the one that's really interesting was smack dab in the middle of Point Pleasant is like fucking dark red. Mm. Like crazy amount of weird magnetic shit going on there. Damn. Who creates that map? Like how how does that work? Um uh, it's I believe now it's satellite. There are satellites that measure Just satellite it. imaging of magnetic what, yeah, resi- magnetic resonant. Like what's the yeah, the Smithsonian, the one thing I looked at, the Smithsonian had like a map of the whole planet. It was hmm. pretty it was pretty cool. Like there's all kind of there I mean there's some places in the in the world that are different. But if you believe in the window area, I mean something if you believe in interdimensional things, something needs to open that up. Yeah. And if it's a magnetic anomaly, it's interesting. It's interesting, you know, and that kind of brings up the thing that people always say like oh why doesn't it show up in new york city and stuff because i looked at that too because that's always something everybody says there is nothing it's pretty there's nothing weird going on as far as magnetic stuff it's interesting i might have to look at that magnetic map because that that that's interesting it's pretty cool it it changes a lot like it it fluctuates but it it from what i read it it will stay relatively the same but it does fluctuate at times so the most updated i can't remember what year it was it's recent it's mm. it's only from within a year or two but yeah point pleasant was like fucking crazy the mm. amount of the the anomaly going on there yeah fucking indrid cold that's hanging on i mean that there. would that, if you want to believe that theory that would make sense where if you if you're just going off that it's a little orange it's orange in braxton county it's it's high so just like this one kind of thing happens, but it's like dark red and Point Pleasant and the one of the biggest paranormal things ever goes on there. You got the men in black doing weird shit. You got UFO sightings galore. The fucking smiling man running around in mm-hmm. the cold. Did you, where else in the rest of the U.S. does it does the heat map show up as red or orange? I have not looked at uh mm. anything else really but i'm gonna i think it's something that i am gonna do forward going forward when we do any type of paranormal stuff is check that out because it is it's really uh it's interesting and that guy's it's very book, it's very interesting and that guy's book is uh i i listened to a podcast with him talking about everything and it's i mean he did the fucking legwork man he was down there mm investigating all these things just right along the 37th parallel with all this crazy um just like the the magnetic anomalies of everything it's wild yeah it runs right through mm. all that shit all the cattle mutilate 90 percent of cattle mutilation stuff just yeah it's wild mm. missing 411 anything run through there yeah probably i would assume mm. missing yeah. 411 available in the archives one of our better <laughs> episodes and one that was surprisingly in like our top 10 downloads like out of yeah. nowhere that one blew up it's a great episode fucking it is creepy episode it's yeah. creepy as shit do we ever put out a bad episode dave i don't think so well you know our worst episodes an a minus at worst <laughs> just saying <laughs> yeah this one was super interesting i went into this thinking like i knew what i've seen pictures of it before i went in more cryptid on this and then mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like oh, this is a fucking alien story this is a straight up ufo yeah, definitely that has some my dude alan heineck believes in it I don't disagree. I don't. It's, I don't. I yeah. believe this story one hundred percent. 
So what do you think? What do you think it was? Like, do you think it was uh, something in its like astronaut outfit? It sure seems like it. Like if I envision if you know we sent a spacecraft to another planet, yeah. That like this is like if there were people on Mars and we sent a spacecraft to Mars, this would be their description of our astronauts when they came across them. Right, they would Big be like bobbleheads. Yeah, blowed up motherfuckers. Of course. Yeah, sure. So is that what we're going with? Is there is there an alien craft that crashed? I I one hundred percent believe this story. After there's there's a lot of fucking goofy shit with uh, like how it, it things blew out of proportion as this like uh like the like how they said they the kids were all puking and sick and the dog died two weeks later like all this kind of urban legend shit got attached to it but it's 1950s reporters embellishing things to write a story i don't i agree i, I don't I know that, that discounts that, the accuracy of the story yeah i agree you know it's another interesting when i was looking for uh background videos on this the most thing the most frequent thing that comes up is a video on fallout where fallout 76 where oh, yeah. it's the hardest is that the a hardest, video game yeah it's okay. the hardest monster to to find in fallout <laughs> The Flatwoods monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to. I know you have to fight Mothman in it too. <laughs> Do you guys play both that game? That's or? Angie. That's all. All that shit up there. That's all. That's that Fallout stuff. Okay. I do have the shirt. Uh, Ian and I both got the shirt from yeah. the Mothman Museum. The fall, I got the koozie. The Fallout I got the koozie. So I you won. Got the koozie. I won the real battle here. Checking <laughs> out that koozie tonight. Yeah, that shirt's sweet. I love that shirt. I don't know. This was a fun episode, though. It's a this nice, good shit. Nice, change of pace i mean it's not like the story like i said they only saw this thing for like 10 minutes so it's a really quick encounter and it never came back that kind of leads more proof to it too in my opinion it's like it it never came back it it probably was like fuck yeah there's nothing fucking hillbillies in west virginia (laughs) of all the places to land nothing going on here we don't need to return like two places you don't want to land in the united states west virginia and florida because no one's going to fucking take you seriously (laughs) like you land in ohio or you know kansas or utah or colorado people like okay maybe so like you know Mm. something fucking different there's parts of ohio that I would classify. Well, Ian, <laughs> I'm not, not going to go that road tonight still. <laughs> like most of Ohio. <laughs> Even still, West Virginia and uh, Florida. Yeah. You know, we don't take you seriously. I'm not going to put that in Ohio. Is there a lot of stories out of Ohio, though? Like what? Like from like paranormal or UFO? Or, oh, yeah. We got the Loveland Frogmen. See, we got to start talking about this shit. The oh, Frogmen. We'll do the Frogmen That's eventually. Awesome. The frogmen, the melon heads out. That melon heads are close. That's out in Kirkland. We can't do hometown heroes every week. Well, we absolutely can <laughs> if we wanted to. <laughs> it's just too many of them. <laughs> All kind of shit going on. In the All world. right. I love. I love. Well, the the fuck Ohio. Stuff. What the hell do I know? I do fuck. too. I love the story. The monster stuff's cool. This is a good story, though. Yeah, it gets interesting with the whole uh, the Air Force. You know, I just want to see one of these things one time. Something that just like just you blows say that my mind. you guys say that, but if you saw this, yes, Dave, if you're taking your dog out late at night, yes, and you're outside, put taking the trash out, you fucking saw this thing a hundred feet away. What? How do you react from there? Like, what do you do? Like, I feel like that's that's a life changing thing to see. 
Look, like, I'm, you're I'm, not gonna sleep that night. If no, I'll admit like I'll be scared shitless and I might shit my pants. Like but I would, I still want to see it though. I don't. I don't. oh, I do for sure. We're. Not, I mean, I wouldn't be Ed Walters. And, I'm not running full you're not force. Be, you're not gonna be shooting in bushes at this thing yeah. naked. I 100 percent want to see it though. I don't. I don't want to know that that fucking exists. I mean, I think I want to know that exists, but I don't want to experience mm-hmm. it myself as being the one that be like, oh, I do. Is like that fucking exists. And I, I and I, don't know. I think there's something to I, I think there's something to that whole idea of that the government doesn't declassify things because they don't know what it is and they're not going to admit. I 100 percent agree with that. I think I think Tom DeLonge has shown that with all that Navy stuff. I mean, the Navy just came out the other day with that and and said that yeah, these are you know what do they call them? Uh, not unidentified something aerial phenomenon they won't use the term ufo because they don't want to get all but they say they don't know what it is i think that's what it is i think that they just they're not gonna admit to something that they don't understand well i think it i mean tom DeLong definitely shows us like all the small things tom DeLong also posts a lot of pictures (laughs) of himself on instagram I started following him for like really? the UFO stuff. Yeah. He literally just posts pictures of himself all day long. So I'm <laughs> like, dude, I'm, I'm unfollowing That's you. That's great. <laughs> I know what you look like. I don't need to see a picture of you every day. Ian, say it ain't so. Yeah. I will not go. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think. Okay, so if you saw that, if you saw that, Dave, Ian, mm-hmm. you guys are saying you're not going to be up terrified. Are you pulling out your phone? Are you running away? What are you doing if you saw that? And I want, like, think realistically. If you're outside late at night, you see that figure. I'm pulling out the phone for sure. I think you have to. I think you have I would to. I don't even know if I would think to do that. I'd probably be really I'll, scared. Yeah, true. If it's I, at a distance, like if it's down the, the down the way, you see this figure, this light. Are you pulling out the phone, or are you frozen? Or I'm not. You- run, I'm not running away. I'll tell you that. I'd like to think I would have I just the wherewithal for, to pull out my phone. I want to. Think I'm not that retreating too, though. I want for once someone to pull out their phone in a situation, so we have fucking evidence. I think I'm pulling out my phone. Yeah. I don't know. I know if uh, if I was like those people in the car, if if that story is real and you believe that at face value, and this thing's just like getting real close to the windows and looking in, I'd no, be I no, I understand. I understand that's terrifying. Why didn't they pull out their 35 millimeter uh, 1950s camera? Well, it's a good question, Dave. That's why I'm asking now. I want I want to know if this stuff all happened back then. Why is it not happening now? And if it is happening now in the age of smartphones, why is nothing being captured? It's a valid. It's a valid argument. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's where my skepticism comes from. Yeah, and I'm skeptical too. I always make the argument: Why doesn't why don't these things show up in Times Square where 10,000 people are going to see them? Right. Yeah. It's always fucking like Roswell where there's 12 people yeah, or right. whatever. And then you could, I don't know, maybe it's the John Keel window areas theory. Yeah. And maybe it is. There are certain places in the world that. But come visit me. I want to see this. Stuff slips through. Yeah. If you're an alien, we want you on the show. So come on and hit us up at Necronomapod. On Twitter, Instagram, v- YouTube, visit our neighborhood. Facebook. Visit come, us when I'm walking home, stumbling up. home tonight. Yeah. You will be our <laughs> second in studio guest after Casey Anthony, which we're working on. <laughs> That's a joke. We're not getting her. We're tr- we're trying though. <laughs> it's not for lack of effort. Ian, you got anything else for uh, 
the old Flatwoods monster? No, no. It was a nice, uh, nice change of pace. This was a fun episode. Yeah, nice something different. And we got kind of like a Mothman Part Three almost. Yeah, slightly. Yeah, yeah. it's got the same same vibe. And we got some heavy hitters coming up and probably what the next like four like four weeks straight four or five weeks yeah, straight yeah. we got some counting the uh bonus episodes so if, if you're uh not on patreon you might want to get on it we got some good stuff coming you don't want to miss out yeah we got some some heavy shit coming down the road <laughs> especially next week dave what do you got for us on uh flatwoods i have nothing else to offer you believe I, the story i really you? i do and i i love these stories these are my favorite kind of stories you believe this story you don't believe in jesus Jesus does not exist, and if you can offer me any <laughs> actual proof, I will be open to discussing it with you. But, uh, but you believe the Flatwoods monster. There's <laughs> absolutely no historical proof ever presented that Jesus was an actual person that walked the earth. So <laughs> I regret asking that question. <laughs> Just my opinion. I could be wrong. Someone sent me a meme. I can't remember who exactly sent it. It was like... It was like uh, like paranormal people or whatever, and it was like believes in magic and all this shit. <laughs> it was like also paranormal people. Jesus doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. A little bit. Look, aliens visiting from another planet is far more believable than someone being <laughs> executed and rising from the dead. I mean, Maybe Jesus it, was it, an alien. There's that, those well, theories out there. That's more plausible. You just blew our minds. That would just pop on the History Channel and watch Ancient Aliens. They bring that shit yeah. up sometimes. The guy's got a sweet fucking haircut. So, Oh, uh, Giorgio Tsoukalos is his last name. I think it's Giorgio Tsoukalos. The guy's cool as fuck. Yeah, that dude is all about it. It's always aliens, that yep. fucking guy. Yep. There's no question ever. It's always <laughs> aliens. <laughs> so the next couple weeks, we got some really fun episodes coming up. We're not going to give them away necessarily because plans are always subject to change. Maybe not so fun for the people that met these people, but fun for us to discuss, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, the next couple weeks into 2020, which did we discuss the poll? I don't think we discussed the final no. results. No, we didn't. So for those of you who've been sticking around, we put out a poll as to what our first episode of 2020 would be. We probably should have covered this at the beginning of the episode, but we didn't. Uh, John Benet Ramsey won. So that's what we'll be covering in the first episode of 2020. She beat out Casey Anthony, Michael Jackson, and Ted Bundy. So we're going to cover uh, Jean Benet Ramsey for the first episode of 2020. Thank you, everyone, for voting. Yeah, her yeah. and Casey Anthony actually blew away the competition. Yeah, and and well, K- Casey Anthony usually blows away the competition. She blows away our uh, competition. I thought we were going to be moonwalking into uh, into 2020 for a minute there, but. <laughs> Michael, so, he was he was in the lead for he was there was a lot of votes for him in the beginning, but in all fairness, so John Jean Benet and Casey Anthony, Casey Anthony uh, ended up with a clear cut. Those were the one and two, with Jean Benet winning, obviously. But I think we're going to cover all four probably in twenty twenty. Yeah, um, big subjects, assume. all fun subjects, and uh, things we'll we'll touch on. So, um, yeah, Jean Benet won the vote. We should have covered that probably earlier. We didn't though, but. Anyways, if you're still listening to us, Jean Benet uh, <laughs> won the vote for the uh, the New Year's show, so that'll be out. What well, I think it's this, that first Sunday. It's January fifth or something like that. Yeah. So that'll be the show. Anyways, like four or five weeks of murder coming up here. So. We have some, right. we actually Woo! have some really fun shows coming up. So yeah. 
If you are uh, not into the Scientology and into the more of the murder, stick around. If you love the Scientology, we'll stick around because we're fucking like CSI the next couple weeks. It's going to be fun. Uh, happy holidays. We're bringing you murder. Quick shout outs to the uh, patrons who have joined this past week. We appreciate you very much. Thank you to Brent, Isaiah Gray, Rachel Leavitt, Stephen, Heather, David Purton, David Pearton, Cynthia Carragines, Lee, E, Tallgrass Northwest, or Tallgrass NW, and Allie Motley. Thank you very much. Ian, what do you got for us? For iTunes, I have Chloe123, Oh, it's Devin, Megan DTX. Thank you guys for the uh, for the shout outs. And um, I just want to say thank I know mean, we said it last week, but thanks again for everybody that's been listening. I mean, we got uh, our downloads have now gotten to a point that I think we're looking uh, we're looking pretty good to get some some real advertisement going on. And we might also become like a real podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. So thank that's you so much awesome. for everybody that's been listening. It's it's been a been a great year so far. It's really cool. I feel like we're rookie of the year. Or podcasts, in my own opinion. You're in your humble opinion. In my humble opinion, <laughs> we might be the fucking rookie of the year. We it's went great from, of you to say. We went from you and I, Ian, sitting here across from each other, doing the most rambling, nonsensical podcast that no one would ever care to listen to, yep. to adapting Dave, who has brought an entire new element to the show, a fantastic element to the show. Oh, thanks, man. It's and your, we're okay. at we we've. <laughs> Since January, have done nothing but gain downloads. Yeah, I and mean, it's but and I, that's because of the listeners. Yeah, and people spreading like shouting word. us out and spreading the word. Yeah, it's been sweet. I mean, we went from January having two thousand downloads for that month to last month fifty thousand, which puts us in the top like what five yeah. percent of downloads. God damn! For any podcast period, we're in the top five percent of of downloads. Yeah, because there's a lot of podcasts that get started every day. Everyone's got a podcast Everyone. now. Well, what, what blew my mind the most was you sent out that that uh, stats to us earlier, mm -hmm. and it said the average podcast gets 140 downloads a month. Yeah. We get that in like the first half hour. Yeah. Oh, five minutes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so, unbelievable. Two minutes, probably. Well, yeah. You're, be um, yeah, you're probably right, Dave. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. And I don't, I don't, I mean, I don't know what, what be, if people, uh, if they think we're big or, or whatever, I mean, we're just sit, we're literally sitting in my home office basement. Recording a show that I hope that they're clearly under digging and liking and yeah. we couldn't be more grateful because it's very it's DIY awesome. out here. It's awesome. We appreciate it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> DIY. We love it. We love it. I don't even have a limo to take me home. It's, it's fucking freezing outside. Yeah. I, I got to walk home. Tonight. Literally, when we leave and this episode is ending at almost midnight, Dave and I both have to walk to our houses <laughs> in the fucking freezing cold temperatures because we don't have that money to drive us home. Soon and, we and will. And we're drunk, we, so we can't drive. Well, we've yeah. been drunk since what? <laughs> fucking, fucking noon, in my mind. <laughs> Whatever. We got through it. <laughs> Anyways, the point was we really appreciate everyone listening because this has been unbelievable that we've had this many people subscribe and become patrons and download our episodes. Hope you guys are enjoying it. We're always looking for requests. Um, you know, 
let us know on the social medias if you guys have anything you want us to uh, cover. We're always keeping long lists. Dave, I think you have some shout outs, don't you? From Instagram, Anna Tashetti and Emily Schmemily. Thank you so much. Boom. We are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Necronomapod. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. And if you're interested in getting any merchandise, we have hoodies, t-shirts, tank tops, and long sleeves, men's and women's styles available. If you go to Amazon and search Necronomapod, we appreciate all your guys' support and we will see you guys next week. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>